Throughout your life, it's happened over and over again. You're doing all those little things that help you feel better. Moving your body, eating well, getting to bed on time. But then something comes along and throws you out of your routine and you spend the next days, weeks, and months trying to get back on track. Today, we'll share some simple things you can do to ignite the spark that lights a fire, helping you become the best version of yourself. Coming up today on The Fit Mess. When you feel those nerves, when you feel that uncomfortableness, ah, should I really do that or feel that fear? I use it as a reverse indicator. Yep, that's absolutely how I need to move forward because that is where the growth is. That's Jeff Wickersham. He's a mindset and peak performance coach and host of the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. Today, we'll talk to him about how to become the best version of yourself, even when you feel like the worst version of yourself. But first, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Zach. We've spent years pushing ourselves to learn more about our own physical, emotional, and mental health and picked up a few coaching certificates along the way. But really, we're two guys who got sick of our own shit and started making changes to be healthier, happier, and live more meaningful lives. And each week, we talk to world-class experts with advice to help you do the same. Zach, we go on other shows all the time, and we talk about how our show helps hold us accountable, and that is so true for me this week with this episode. Uh, as you're going to hear in this interview, I've gotten way off track with all of my self-care stuff in the, in the past month, month and a half, really since summer started and, and the kids were home from school and all that. But what we discuss with Jeff in this interview has already, just in the, in the few days since we talked to him, has helped me course correct. And, and I'm hoping that if you're in the same situation as I am, where you know summer's a little bit less predictable, you're out of your routine, hopefully you'll hear some things here that will help you hit that reset button and get back on track. Man, you said it. The summer routine really throws a wrench into the whole thing. When I was a kid, I loved summer vacation. I, didn't, I genuinely just didn't realize how much stress that put on my parents. Yeah, seriously. It's funny, even when my kids were little and like before they were in school and went somewhere for the day, I would see other parents, you know, around this time, early August going, somebody please take my kids back to school. And I never got it. I was like, what do you mean? They're fun. They're little. They're, they're, they're you know, kids are great. And don't get me wrong. I love my kids and I love when they're around. But when you're trying to work, take care of yourself, keep the house clean, all these things, knowing that they are safe and at school and learning and get an education, it just makes it easy for you to sort of clear up a little bit of a little bit of your day so that you can take care of yourself. Yeah. But it's not just kids that throw you no. out of the routine too, right? There's a, there's, you know, that thing called life and a job and like bills and the voices in your all, head and all and the things. Yeah. There's so much that that's going to throw you out of the routine. I know, uh, I have actually been pretty good mm -hmm. with my routine mm -hmm. recently. Um, does it, does it doing, hurt? Does it hurt to pat yourself on the back that, that easily? <laughs> well, I actually can't because I, I'm, my forearm hurts so bad from like working out that like, I can't actually reach back and do it, um, at, at the current moment, but like, I've just been like doing really well, like with goals, like in the gym and outside of the gym, like work goals and things like that. Like it's just kind of all feeling really, really well. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, like I have all these other things that I want to start doing or the, you know, that I haven't started yet. And I, I found myself going down that hole of like, well, you know, like the, your piece of shit comes out mm -hmm. and I've been able to stop myself most of the time. You're like, no, 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 Look, acknowledge the wins. Yep. You're doing well. Yep. You're doing really well. And you will get to all of that other stuff. So it's your mindset is I, I mean, we talk about it all the time, but like having that right mindset and having that interrupt, like a switch that where you can be like, wait a minute, what I'm saying to myself is not true. Mm -hmm. There's no evidence for that. It's not true. Yep. It, it just blows me away 
when the things we're saying in our head, we believe it. We the, believe it so hard and it's most of the time not true. I had a session with a breathwork coach this week that uh, will actually appear on the show in a few weeks and he taught me a little trick. And and it, it's funny how you, you sort of hear these things and you sort of need to hear them at the right time to implement them into your life. And I was telling him about that voice that tells you you're a piece of shit and you suck and you're not good enough and you're not worthy and other people you know don't want you around they don't care what you think. And he just said, you just need to give yourself a roommate. Imagine that voice is the person sitting on the chair next to you or on the couch next to you and they're saying all that shit and you just need to turn to them and just say, shut your mouth. And it is, it is amazing how when you take that voice out of your head and put it in the seat next to you, it's easier to tell it, that's enough. We can continue mm-hmm. this conversation later, but right now I don't need to hear it. It's just, it was just such a powerful tool. And I've been trying to implement that this week since I was, was taught that. And, uh, so far so good. It's been helping out. That's awesome. I know for me, like it, the last year of my life has been really weird. Like I've said it on the show before, like I quit the job that I had and walked away from my marriage, like two really, really big identifying pieces of your life. Yeah. And it hit me a week ago. Like I just had this moment in, in my kitchen where I had just gotten like a good email from work, like saying that I did a good job on something, you know, and I had just gone on a date with a, with a girl that went really well. And like, I just had this moment where like the last 12 months of feeling like a piece of shit at my job and at home, where like the voice shut up for a second. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you're not so bad. Mm-hmm. There was just so many negative experiences that happened to me in the last year that like shifted my mindset Mm -hmm. in a, in an unhealthy way. And it was just great to have that moment where I was like, oh, no, you are okay. Like you're good. You're fine. That's one of, uh, that's one of those things overwhelming. That's one of those things we talk about here all the time is, is building a case, right? Piling up the evidence that other people do care. People do want you around. They do give a shit about you. You are good at what you do. All of those things that are so hard to hear when you're in the trenches and things aren't going well and you don't feel like you're doing your best and you're not showing up in a way you want to. Those are the, you know, those positive messages, those positive things, those wins are what you got to stack up and keep looking back at to prove to yourself that the guy next to you can shut up because, because he's not making any sense with all the negativity. So having the, having the right mindset is just so absolutely important. But you know, one of the things that I, I, I just make sure I do every single day so I can focus on changing that mindset is to, you know, make sure that my body is healthy physically. And that's why I take athletic greens. So I can focus on my mindset and not worry about the nutrients that are in my body. I started taking athletic greens because I really needed to have a supplement that tasted great, gave me all the things that I needed. And I didn't want to have to take 10 pills a day or spend all of my time cooking all the meals. I try and get my nutrients from food, but let's face it. We don't get everything we need every day from food. So athletic greens was a great solution for me. It tastes great. gives me everything I need for more energy, better gut health, optimized immune system. It has less than a gram of sugar and there's no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it actually does taste good. And for what you get, it's less than $3 a day. And right now is the time to incorporate better health. And athletic greens is a perfect start to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash fitmess. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash fitmess to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That link will be on the show notes and it's plastered all over our website at thefitmess.com. 
Our guest today is Jeff Wickersham. He's a mindset and peak performance coach and host of the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. We started by asking him what lit the fire under him to help others become better versions of themselves. It starts seven and a half years ago with the uh, loss of my mother to breast cancer. And I think when you lose somebody so close to you, especially the, the woman that, that brought you into this world, she takes her last breath, uh, fundamentally changed you at your core, right? And, and I questioned everything about life in those days, weeks, months ahead. And I felt just at my core, I needed to make a shift. I needed to make a change. Life was fragile, left corporate America, opened up a gym locally. And then what organically grew out of that was mindset, accountability, performance, coaching, intentionally stepping into the best version of myself personally and professionally and helping guide others to do that. And now it's just, I'm ever consumed by it. And I, I love every single day and grateful for the opportunity to, uh, to talk to you both today. I've, I've read the story of, of your mother's passing. It was, uh, sounds like a very dramatic uh, experience to have gone through. Was that, I don't get the sense though that that was like a rock bottom for you. I, you, you seem like you were a competitive guy from the beginning, real positive upbringing. Your family was really supportive. Were you always kind of a high performer and this was just sort of elevated that game or was there, was this sort of a big turning point in your life where you're like, I need to really do something different. It definitely was. So I was competitive growing up and, and always wanted to win whatever we're doing, whether it's a game of monopoly or, or on the football field, but my senior class, I was on the male side. I was voted biggest complainer. And <laughs> in college, I had a fraternity brother that was in one of my masterminds. And he kind of said, you were kind of a Debbie Downer in college. So I definitely was not that positive force that I am now. So, you know, for, for the listeners, where you start doesn't need to be where you finish. Right. And, and losing my mom was definitely that trigger, that spark looking back to say, okay, Today is a gift. How do you use it to the best of your ability? And any day I wake up and I'm standing is another gift that you get. So uh, definitely not where I started from a mindset, kind of complaining, non-positive person to developing into it. So <laughs> kind of a similar story in, in my life. Like I, my whole family tells me to this day that they thought that I would be in jail or dead from my teenage years and, you know, I, I've shifted things slightly. So, you know, I'm very interested in how did you make that shift? Did it happen overnight? What was the one thing you did or <laughs> millions of things that you did? I'd love to hear you just, you know, talk about, you know, how you, so obviously you recognize that you may have been that way and you made that shift, but how did you start that process? How do you even start to unpack making that shift? Like if I'm sitting here going, I'm a little down. I want to make that shift. Where do you even start? It was absorbing every piece of content I could right in the beginning. And, and I feel like we live in the best time of the world, right? Where technology is at our fingertips, but it's also a crutch that people fall back on, right? Where they're just constantly consuming, but they're not executing or putting to action what they learn. So, you know, to, to your point, Zach, I mean, it was a million little steps. And there's been multiple iterations where yes, the trigger was my mom's passing, but then as a gym owner, I still had some of those bad habits that I had previously, where I remember going to coach a Saturday exercise class at my gym. And I was up late with the buddies drinking beer till two or three in the morning. And I, I stunk like alcohol. My wife called me out on it. She's like, how can you go teach a fitness class when you smell like alcohol? Okay, great, great to bring out lay some truth on me. 
okay, now I need to do things differently. It's constantly that iteration process. And I think so many times in life, we feel like, hey, once we get to here, everything is just going to be smooth and we're, we're never going to be exonerated of the work of getting better. And when you can get into that mindset, hey, every day is an opportunity just to go get a little bit better than the day prior. Man, okay, I had a question and now I have two because, uh, and, and these are both coming from my life right now. So one, it's all habits, right? It's, it's, it's doing those little things every day that build you into the person you're going to become. I started the first half of this year kicking ass, going to the gym every day, feeling really good. Okay. And then summer hit and the kids were home. And so the routine's thrown off. You miss a day, miss three, go on vacation, miss two weeks. And now it's been a month. Okay. And I feel like crap, worn out, tired. I don't have the energy to, to do all the things that I was doing for the first half of the year. So I'm, I'm going to come back with another question after this one, but where, how do you, I mean, I'm, I, I already hear the voice in my head answering my own question, but from your perspective, how do you reset? How do you get started again? How do you, because there's peaks and valleys on this journey. It's not all just an upward trajectory. You hit those valleys hard. So how do you claw your way back out? One is giving yourself grace, right? We're human beings. There's not never been a perfect human being. There isn't now there never will be right. So that grace that we can give ourselves, that just gives you the pause to say, okay, Hey, I'm resetting. I'm getting back on that, that horse, right? That's incredibly powerful. And we consistently beat ourselves up over and over again, as Jeremy, you're probably doing now oh, a yeah. month into it, oh, like yeah. just constantly hammering, man, why the heck did I not stick with it? Hey, give yourself some grace and say, all right, I'm starting off. Here's the, here's the foundation. Here's the leaping off point. And I'm starting tomorrow and I'm only focused on tomorrow, right? We can't change the past, yep. only focus on tomorrow and, and say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be consistent. And Use that example as a lesson that moving forward, your standard is, I don't care if the kids are home, I'm on vacation, whatever it is, I am staying to that standard and I'm going to exercise because I know physically and mentally, it just lights me up. And we were just on vacation as a family in the Outer Banks. And I worked out six out of the seven days. My kids are hitting the gym with me. And, and it's amazingly powerful when you can be connected as a family. And, and I would say as, you know, as a dad then leading by example, Kids are going to see it and they're like, crap, I got to keep up with dad or I'm, I'm chasing dad and pretty powerful. So then the second part of that question is, you know, while I'm kicking my own ass for the last month and, and feeling like crap about this, I'm, I'm wrestling with that concept of there is no finish line in this, right? This is not the last valley I'm going to hit. There are going to be ups and downs. And that, that alone can weigh so heavily on you when you realize you're not going to get to a point where you're like, oh, everything's just gravy now. How do you, how do you not let that keep you down? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It totally does. And I, I was a couple of weeks ago, I was working out in, in our garage gym with my wife and I kind of was shaking my head and she was like, what? And I was like, I got to do this same shit tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Okay, and good. It's <laughs> like, it's like son of a gun. I got to do it, but you know what? I know I got to do it and I'm going to do it because if I get that gift, it's an opportunity to continue down that path. And I think we all face it. And it's something that we don't talk about. I face it. Like I'm hammering a workout. I'm on the floor exhausted. Yeah. And I'm like, son of a gun, I got to do this again tomorrow. Right. And that's difficult because we've been led to believe by media and society, Hey, you'll get to that white Sandy yeah. beach, 
the, the ocean will be crystal blue. You'll have your toes in the water <laughs> and you'll just be able to sit there. It's not, you, you won't be happy with that, right? We need targets. We need missions. We need purpose in our lives. So it's, you're probably wrestling with it right now mm-hmm. and going through it. And eventually you'll get to that iteration, which I do now. And many times it's because I'm setting my identity right when I wake up, like working out, for example, every day I set my identity. I'm a world-class athlete. Well, what does a world-class athlete do? He takes action regardless of he feels like shit or he had a bad night's sleep or ate like crap yesterday. He's still working out. So uh, that standard, that identity is a pretty powerful force. I I love hearing that, uh, that a guy with your level of energy also has days like that. So that, that that's good to hear. So cool. Thank you for that. You got well, it. So let me, let me follow that up because I had a, a little bit of a struggle this morning myself. So when you're in those moments, like, wait, I didn't know this was going to turn into to Zach and Jeremy's therapy sessions. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I All think good. this, I think this is actually pretty applicable because, you know, I, I wrestle with, you know, that, that same thing of like, Oh, I don't want to do this, but you know, I woke up this morning and I have been hitting the gym for, I think probably five days in a row. It, it's a CrossFit gym. So it was different every time, but I kind of woke up this morning and was like, I got to go to the gym. My body was telling me different though. Like it wasn't, it wasn't my head going, I don't want to go to the gym. Cause I truly wanted to go to the gym, but my body was saying, uh, 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 bring it down. You need a rest day. So like, how do you wrestle between those two thoughts of, I don't want to go to the gym and I shouldn't go to the gym because I actually need a rest day. Great. Great question. And listening to your body is, is a, it's a difficult animal, right? When your mind's telling you, Hey, I don't want to do it. You can fight that when your body is saying, Hey, I need a rest day. I'm a former CrossFitter. I, I probably know what you were doing those five days, right? Pounding through those workouts. And I would, then I implement an active rest day, right? I go for a little jog or I go for a walk or I do something physically move, but I give my body the time to heal and rest. And in my younger years, I would just hammer through that. And that's Mm -hmm. where, you know, injuries happen. That's where rest and recovery is truly where our bodies expand, develop, get stronger. So I'm much more in tune to saying, Hey, today's, today's an active recovery. It doesn't mean I'm going to sit on the couch and and eat ice cream all day long, but I'm going to move a little bit, get that lactic acid out, recover, and then I'll be able to hit it harder. Oh, I shouldn't have eaten ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I actually went to yoga instead. There you go. That's perfect, right? Stretching and mobility. I know, especially for guys, that's not something we love doing, but it's it's essential to to stay flexible and and uh, and mobile. All right. Well, let's get out of the physical gym and let's jump into the mindset gym. A lot of this begins there, and and the way that we look at the world and those activities and all of that. So, talk to me about uh, you know just getting uncomfortable and and, and pushing yourself to do those things that you don't want to do. It is such a critical component. So many peak performers say the mindset is more important than the physical side, right? The mental side. And I love cold showers, ice baths, cold walks. I love putting myself in that natural stress because I feel like that's a rep you can do fairly easily once you get into it. And that's flexing your, your, your mindset, your mental muscle. And, and there's something about stepping into the cold, either a shower or ice bath and your mind saying, get the hell out of here. We're not doing this. And you saying, Nope, you know, we're going to move forward. It's uncomfortable. That's where the growth is and saying, go sit in the corner. I'm stepping in anyway and doing those reps day after day. So 
you know, one of the amazing things I love to think about is using triggers as reverse indicators. So when you feel those nerves, when you feel that uncomfortableness, ah, should I really do that or feel that fear? I use it as a reverse indicator. Yep. That's absolutely mm -hmm. how I need to move forward because that is where the growth is. And so many times, you know, we've been taught, we've grown up, up oh, fear. Nope. I shouldn't do it. It's, it's going to harm me. Well, that's actually where the growth is. It's not going to harm you. Uh, so using that as a reverse indicator is a pretty great way. And getting into the cold is a great way to get some mindset reps in. But that applies elsewhere too, right? It's not just the cold, right? It's, it's, you know, the, I should go for a walk, but I don't want to, or, you know, I should sit down and meditate, but I don't want to. Can you just elaborate a little bit more like on, on your thought process when that happens? I know just specifically for me, I, I have things that I know I need to do and I get that nervousness. I get that. I don't know about that. How do you, you know, what, what steps did you implement to actually like, just put that interrupt in there of like, Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to think more about this. One is having an awareness that that's how you feel, right? And, and that's how the body reacts. And many times that's the body preparing you for success in what you're doing, right? Those, those feelings of anxiousness, those butterflies in the stomach, that's, those are arousal pieces to the, the mind-body connection. It's actually preparing you for success. So that's a key component. The other piece is chunking something down. So let's say, for example, the walk. And you're going to go for a two mile walk. Well, tell your mind, Hey, I'm just going to walk down to the stop sign. That's 20 steps away. Instead, once you get 20 steps in, what ends up happening, you, you keep going for those two, two miles. So however you can trick your mind. And I use this in my last two David Goggins, four by four by 48s that I did where you're running 12 legs, four miles over 48 hours. It's the equivalent of almost two marathons. Well, when you start at 11 PM, that first one, You've got 11 more. If you look at it that way, the mind's going to go, hell no, we're not doing this. Where if you can say, and after I finish my 11 p.m. run, I only have one more 11 p.m. run left. All of a sudden, the mind says, hey, we can do this. So however you can chunk it up and make it smaller so the mind sees that it's doable will definitely allow you to move through. The other piece is I love when conditions aren't right. I call it my rainy day mentality. So it's raining outside. You're going to go for a run or a walk. 99% of people aren't going to go. Mm -hmm. So you want to get ahead of 99% of people go for that run, go for that walk in those elements, you are getting ahead. So when you flip it that way, it inspires you to say, Hey, I'm getting ahead of everybody. That's not going out in those conditions. So those are a couple, couple mental kind of strategies and, and tips that I love to, uh, to implement. One of the things that I think has helped me the most when I'm not in the Valley, when I'm, climbing or I'm, I'm on the peak is the recognition that the motivation was just the match, right? Like that, that lit the fire. It's the consistency of doing the thing every day that starts to eliminate the need for those mental tricks and the talking yourself into it and listening to which part of your body is telling you what. So what role does consistency play in, in whatever journey someone's on uh, to, to improve themselves? I mean, consistency is the ultimate force multiplier, right? If you have energy, you have time, you've got to have consistency. That, that's what allows you that exponential growth eventually. The issue is we don't know when it's going to happen, right? So, so many times people stop before they get to that peak, before they get to that win, because they just don't know when it's going to happen. But if you're consistent over and over again, you'll, you'll eventually get there. I'd also say, you know, so many times 
people just struggle with accountability, having somebody else that's there. And accountability is just a core fundamental in any coaching program I run. Because when you have somebody else that's counting on you, or when you tell somebody else you're going to do something, it's so much more powerful than when you say to yourself, hey, this is what I'm going to do. So ways that you can kind of flip that switch in your conscious mind to hold you accountable by being with others is a powerful force as well. All right. So you got me on the accountability, but you mentioned one word in there that lit a fire and then it quickly fizzled energy. Um, <laughs> I have always found, and I know I hear this from a lot of people is, you know, like I want to make a big change. I want to do these things in my life, whether they're mental, physical, whatever, but I just don't have the energy for it. And I know that, you know, in that moment, you feel like you don't, and the things that you have to do, you feel like it's going to drain you even more, but I'd love to hear you talk about energy and how, you know, a lot of people actually do have it backwards. Like some of the things that you do that you would think would drain the energy actually give you more. Can you talk more about how you get more energy and, and how you get yourself to the right place energy wise? So number one would be, I love to think about putting a force field around me of, negative energy isn't going to get in. So limiting my exposure to news, to social media, to any type of negativity. I, I, I don't watch the news and people are like, how do you want not watch the news? I'm, it's all negative. Why do I need to hear of stuff going sideways? Right. That's going to impact that impacts your energy. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's number one, putting up a force field, almost having like a centurion guard at the door of your mind where, Hey, I'm not letting these negative thoughts in. That's incredibly powerful. The other piece, energy, we are physical beings. We're meant to move. So, you know, you talk about amping your energy up all day long. I love doing push-ups all day long, like pick an exercise and do it before your meeting. I was doing push-ups before this podcast, right? How do you amp up your energy? You move a little bit. Could be air squats, could be sit-ups, could be just going out for a walk. We need to move. We need to be physical if you want that energy amped up. And it's amazing when you start to correlate blocking out the negativity and movement, how your energy amps up. Right. And, and those are, those are two strategies that I just implement daily myself and always recommend to, to my clients. And it has an amazing impact when you block out the negativity and you move more all of a sudden, I mean, they say exercise is a 12 hour energy booster, right? Mood booster. Yes. You're going to put yourself through some physical, mental stress, but the benefits on the other side are, are far greater than your pain you're going to face when you're going through it. I want to just amplify what you were saying about the news. I worked in the news for 20 years and my doctor for years, I would go to my physical and every year he would say, did you get out of that fucking toxic job yet? That thing's killing you because people, you know, people have this vision of the media as being this, like they're, they're shoving this awful information down your throat. Like, but there are people that are creating it because it's their job. Right. So it, it is, I know from both sides of it, like having to consume it all day so that I knew what I was doing. So I knew what to report on but then also having to report it. Like it is so toxic. So as much as you can limit your access to that, I just want to amplify that that is an important message. Be informed, but don't get addicted to it because it is very much a drug. One of the things that, that, that you've talked about in the past and, and I wanted to ask you about here for our audience is the idea of bookending your days. Can you tell me about what, what you mean by that and how that's helpful? So COVID, great example, right? There are things out of our control. Life throws curveballs at you. There's going to be you know, hurdles you're going to have to jump over. Best way I've found personally and then with clients is to control that last 30 minutes of your day at night 
and what that first 30 minutes of the day looks like. Those are the bookends, right? Then you can kind of control a little bit of in the middle. And at night, you're preparing for a good night's sleep. You're preparing for success in the morning. You're actually having a digital sunset where you set off electron, shut off electronics and actually prepare for a good night's sleep. I mean, majority of people, last thing they're doing is checking their phone. That impacts your melatonin production, blue light. We're not meant to have it. You're going to have a crappy night's sleep. First thing most people do when they wake up, check their phone again, mm -hmm. news, social media, text messages, all those things. So digital sunset, preparing for success at night, getting a great night's sleep. And then in the morning, stacking wins. As soon as you wake up, no distractions, no phone. I know I've had text messages. There's 30 on my phone with that icon. It's like the tractor beam of the Death Star. It's trying to pull me in. <laughs> nope, I'm not checking it. I'm dedicated to working on myself before any of that stuff happens. Water, exercise, meditation, gratitude, notes to my sons, a little bit of reading in like 20 minutes. I've stacked six or seven wins. Okay, now I can check my phone. Why? Because I feel good about myself mentally and physically. The text message doesn't impact me as much because I am lit up physically and mentally, where the opposite occurs so many times. We check a text message. It's a bad one. The whole day is off the rails, right? And, and our day is just down this path of not being successful, being pissed off, being angry, where you control those bookends. You're going to have a lot more good days than you would bad days. I'd love for you to, to expand a little bit more on the phone, the digital detox, right? The 30 minutes. That is so hard for people. Like I, how many times have you coached clients through that? And they like, I'd love to hear some of the excuses that people have, have put forth to you of, well, I can't because you know, like it's an emergency. If, if there's an emergency, I need it close by. Like what are, what are some of the common things people, people come to you with, with why they can't do that? One, there's always resistance to it, right? Because it's so addictive. And I went through it with my sons. I mean, I got to a point where I'm like, we need to have a digital sunset as a family. You can't be on social media. You can't be looking at it. We got to get a good night's sleep. Many times they're, hey, somebody wants to get a hold of me or I'm going to miss something. And I'm like, listen, put it on do not disturb. Have your people that you're most important people in your favorite section. Tell them it's on do not disturb. If they need you to call you, it'll ring through but you're not going to get dinged throughout the night. You're not going to get notifications from ESPN that your team just hit a home run, like things that just wake <laughs> up your sleep. And it just takes practice. And, and typically I'll start with, Hey, just, just do it for one minute. Just put it away one minute before and that, tomorrow let's do two minutes and you start to build and you make progress. And that's one of the things I love to stress with habit creation is that first step. It should be so easy that it's laughable. Why? Because then you're going to do it and you're going to feel it. And then I want you to celebrate. Yes. Celebrate, get that dopamine hit, feel good about yourself. And then tomorrow do too. You start doing that. You start getting the progress. And all of a sudden it's, it's doable where somebody might be at the onset, very closed minded. Like I need my phone. I got to have it. No, you, you don't. Uh, we're, we're not meant to be tethered to our phones. It gives you amazing peace when it's away. You can get a good night's sleep and be refreshed in the morning. This is all just a taste of the fire that you bring to the morning fire, the podcast and your coaching program. Tell us more about the show and, and the coaching that you, uh, that you offer. Yep. So morning fire for entrepreneurs, give some daily episodes and interview some high performing entrepreneurs. And on the daily episodes, it's five to eight minutes. I just want to give you a big idea that might move your life in a certain direction, maybe bringing an awareness to you. And then 
all of the uh, the programs I have are out at www.themorningfire.com. Got a lot of con- content out there. Check it out. Book a time with me. Would love to uh, love to speak with you. So don't, but don't listen to that podcast until thirty minutes after you woke up. Right, you got to keep the phone <laughs> keep that phone turned off. But then then dive into the morning fire. You got it. So true. <laughs> awesome. Uh, anything that we did not touch on, and any important message you want to leave folks with before we let you go? Today is a gift. You will never get back. Use it to the best of your ability. Our thanks to Jeff Wickersham. He's the host of the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. You can find links to him and his work in the show notes for this episode at thefitmess.com. So one of the pieces that I just absolutely love there, which I, you know, I actually wrestled with for a long, long time. And I, I now love it is that like, this is a lifelong journey. Like there's no finish line for all of this stuff. Like you're just going to be doing it till the day you die. Some days are going to suck. Some days are going to be really great, but like focusing on looking back and seeing how far you've come over certain time periods is where you need to look at what's happening today might be the shittiest day you've had all week but make sure you look at the wins you had on the other days. Well, and I, and I also liked how he talked about like being in the gym at one point and just being hit with like, I have to come back and do this shit again tomorrow. Like, like even when it's good, sometimes you get hit with this, like this just is never going to end. I can't just be done. That kind of sucks. And so that's why it's really important to develop the habits that just become automatic because it's sometimes it is, it's just so hard to get your foot out the door to do the thing you need to do. But if you can just build up those tiny little habits every day, those baby steps and be in love with the process. Don't worry about getting the summer body or the perfect job or whatever the thing. Just try to really enjoy the process because otherwise it gets really overwhelming really fast. Yeah. And the part that, you know, really hit me a long time. I I remember working with my dad painting a house and like having the thought that I was like, I have to do this every day for the rest of my life in order to make money. I don't, I don't like this. But that goes back to like the things that you do like, the things that you do want, the things that make you healthy. Yeah, you got to do them every day because consistency is key. You can't go to the gym once a month mm-hmm. and expect results. Like you got to go every day. Right. If you, you wait, do- if you wait around to get motivated, you're going to go once every third Thursday or something. But if you just commit to that daily action, then that's that's when you do. You see the progress. Yeah, it's just a habit, and that's why I get up at four thirty every morning, and people. I say that to people and I can see, even see it in your eyes. Oh, I like still think you're like, insane. That's fucking crazy. People just think, nope, that's, that's not cool. But I'm done by 6.30 in the morning. I'm drinking coffee and I've already accomplished a gigantic goal. Yeah, yeah. That's the idea, like, right? Like the, the, it's that old, that old idea of you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you can pour that cup and, and fill it all the way up by 6 a.m. or whatever, you are poised to have a, a pretty great day. So Kudos to you for getting up at 4.30 in the morning. No fucking way I'm doing that. However, I'm glad it works for you. <laughs> it's it's got to work with your schedule, yes. right? You got to find the times that work for you. And that means making sacrifices sometimes. Yeah. So like, I don't have another consistent time that I can go to the gym. And that's why I get up at 4.30. Mm-hmm. And I'm making that sacrifice to do it. If I didn't go to that one class, I'd maybe make two a week depending right. on like how, how my schedule went, but yeah. like, that's the only one that I can consistently get to. All right. Well, Zach's got to get up early, so we're going to wrap this show up, but don't let the conversation end there. Join us on our Facebook group where you and fellow fitness listeners can connect to make fun of Zach for getting up at four 30 in the morning and a whole lot more. There's also just a lot of really cool people in there on a really similar journey. The link to join us there is on our website at thefitmess.com. That's where we will be back next week with a brand new episode. Thanks for listening. 
See everyone. I gotta go to bed now. (laughs) Night, night, Zach. We know this podcast is amazing and doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about, and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.